Now, having said that, there's going to be Q&A now. Uh, there's a roving mic. I know, I'm sure some of the questions we want to jump into the other, the other, the, what we're meant to do the next time. There are some questions that were sent here. Not all of them. I didn't take all of them, but there are some. There are two questions that I brought here. I'm just wondering how we'll tackle it. But let me first hear. Is there any question? Any, any question here? All right. And yeah, there are two questions here. Rookie has a question. Oh, three. Rookie, Moreni, Cage. But Rookie first. Rookie first. Oh, and Ken, okay, wow, okay, Kenne, Faith, yeah. Rookie, Faith, Morenike, Kenne, and Ke no, oh. I thought you were waving to me. Okay. Um, so, there's been this question in my heart for a while now, and I'll just read. Can you just few, put the mic? I'll just read a few, a few verses from Ephesians. Um, so, it has to do with instructions for Christian households. Um, Ephesians 5, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now moving over to verse 33, it says, um, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, so I've been thinking about this because I've heard some men say, um, as a woman, you're not being submissive when you're in courtship with them. So I'm trying to, I would like you to throw more light on that. At what point is a woman being unsubmissive to a man in courtship? Because when a man says, oh, okay, I'm not going to go ahead to get married to her. I'm not going to go um, marry her anymore because she's not being submissive. What does a man really mean by she's not being submissive? Because here the Bible is saying that a woman is supposed to submit to her husband. So is it that maybe respecting, showing respect to the guy as you would in the relationship or to any other guy? Since the Bible is saying here that submit to one another, out of reverence for Christ, is it to, is it wrong, is it wrong for, for a woman to not do certain things, things for, a for a guy when they, they are courting yeah, before courting. they get married? Super, faith. So if I if I may throw, I'll, I'll answer the question briefly. But if I may throw a plug, this is the time to share, to put a plug. We are having um, a singles event in June, right? A singles event in June is over two days. I think it's June fifteenth and sixteenth. June 15th and 16th, it's a Friday and a Saturday, and we're looking at four things, and one of them is that. So it is, we're looking at four things, the fulfilled single, the um, preparing single, the searching single, and the dating single, all right? And that topic will really be treated properly, even though I will answer it in some, in some uh, whatever now, but that topic will be treated um, much in the, in the fourth one. Singles are invited. Couples, you can come, but you sit at the back, all right? <laughs> Don't worry, there's a marriage one in August as well. Okay, so second, yeah, Faith. So I, you may not answer some of the questions now. Some I just want to know if it will be addressed in the subsequent parts of this okay. series. You read from First Timothy 3 where... Uh, Paul is distinguishing, uh, he's talking about the qualities of the elder. Does the same apply to the deacon? Because 
the deacon is also supposed to be the husband of one wife. Does it mean that deaconship is restricted to men only? Second question. Is this series going to address um, diversity and um, roles, diversity and how it leads to roles outside of marriage and the church? And the third question, is it going to address social gender constructs that have been created by traditions of men? For instance, I mean, there are some things that we say, oh, because th and this is restricted to men or this is for women. But if you look at history, you find out that it's something that was introduced in the 18th century or in the 17th century. So it's not always been that way, even though we make it appear as if it's, that's how it should be. And the woman or the man who doesn't do it that way has, um, is going against God's order well, of creation or something like that. The, no, be sure. I, I got, uh, the, the first one was uh, uh, the deaconship one. Does it apply to deacons? Yes. The second was, are we going to treat um, uh, the issue? The, diversity. Is, diversity in and roles. Social, social roles on the outside, not just in the church. Not just in the and church the and in one, marriage. And, marriage. and then the third one was, Social constructs, different kinds of social constructs, gender uh, constructs that have been that have come after, right? Okay. Yes, and then the fourth one is <laughs> you can answer the fourth one here. Roles, you've, you talked about the roles for men that does not include women in the church. Okay. Is there any role for women that, that does, does not, not include, include men, men? I love that question. in the church. <laughs> And the last one for now is a tongue-in-cheek question, but it's a Did genuine you come question. Back? She, was, she was on the mission field. Did you come back for this, <laughs> <laughs> this theology day? <laughs> the last one is a tongue-in-cheek question, but it's, there's some seriousness in it. All right. If we're looking at creation order and man being the head of the home, man was created before woman, does it mean that women should not marry men that they are older than? <laughs> Thank you. I love that. That's good. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Marenike. Uh, Thanks. I, you're probably going to take... I have two questions. You, and to. you might take them in, in other, other, other parts of the series. All right. um, but the first one has to do with... Um, we were talking about roles and how gifts are given, God gives them like equally because of value. So like teaching, the gift of teaching. And how does a woman with, say she has a gift of teaching, um, how does she express, is it possible for her to express that gift in a teaching role? Not necessarily a shepherding, you know, yeah. overseeing role, but yeah. a teaching role in the church, um, over men, oh, over men, huh? over <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, general body. Yeah. I mean, most, but people, without most people will not question whether a woman can teach another woman, uh, no. right? No. So, the if we want to make it a hot question, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. over men, yeah. And then, second, you mentioned patriarchy and the abuse of you know the diversity. And um, especially how it's been propagated, not just culturally, but in, in the church, by the church as being, you know, God's plan. 
how do you reckon, I mean, what's the difference with that system of patriarchy? And when you look at like First Peter 3, when Peter is talking about, you know, women and conduct. So using Sarah as an example, you know, like she called her husband Lord. I've been trying to tell my wife to, to call me Lord for a while. It's not, it's not catching on. I keep taking her there. Look at Sarah said it, you know. You know, and holy woman. Disobedient woman. <laughs> who trusted and were submissive oh. um, to... Isn't there a basis for that? And you know, without, I mean, removing political correctness from it all and just from a scriptural yeah. perspective. Okay. Yeah. And finally, Kene, can you even remember your question? Good evening, everyone. The first question has to do with um, judges. Deborah was a judge, and um, yeah, so since she was a judge, can you maybe explain what the role the judge was to Israel and how that? Yes. Then the um, second one is. And is how that? How that goes with your teaching about you know leaders in the church? Because I felt I felt from my own perception is a judge in that time was like. God speaks, that's the next person. That. Then the next one is, in a situation where the men are mm, categorically sleeping, quote, there's no man to take the quote, leadership or the, in an area where there's Christianity and men are not just... Is, yeah, yeah, or just... Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they're not ginger. <laughs> so uh, will you say that there will be a vacuum in leadership in that kind of atmosphere. Then the third question so has... You had two questions. You lied. <laughs> in the house of God. If I said to apologies. Okay, the third question, not because it looks as if I'm pro-female or something, but yeah, third question has to do with, okay, in an era where uh, for choice of word, the patri, dash, 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 I can't pronounce it, well, so I'm not going to go there. But yes, I'm not going to pronounce it. So yes, um, we're in an era where that is slowly fading away and we're uh, we are seeing that women are what women are supposed to be we're trying to but where where do we now start learning how to know where the limit like they're not limit per se but where do we know okay this is no more tradition and this is them trying to supersede the Take rights over. of a man Take over. so yes those are my three questions wow all right where does one start let me start with you because it's burning. Just quick, one quick assumption. There was um, about the issue of has there been progress in terms of patriarchism? One is, first of all, Lagosians, we tend to be very Lagos-centered, right? Lagos is not Nigeria. If you don't believe that, just check the last elections and, and the election that is coming. You know, everybody's social. Ah, why are we going to vote him out? We're going to, yeah. Let's all go and get our PVC. Lagos is one state. If it's going to enter, it's still going to enter. But anyway, our Lagos-centricism makes us sometimes, you know, um, oblivious to the fact that I would say in the vast majority of Nigeria, that system is well and alive. It's like it's alive. But secondly, sometimes I actually think we, we maybe overestimate, and women are the ones, we overestimate the progress that has been made. That is, we say, ah, look at Bukun um, Awoshika. Uh, First bank, uh, chair, chair, chairwoman, chairperson, chair. You know, we're not, we're not quite sure. PC, well, anyway, well, you know, she, she's the, she's the chair. 
she sits on the chair. You know, on the one hand, there is progress there. On the other hand, how many bank CEOs are female today? Two? And there are two, if I'm not mistaken, Shola, correct me, I think they are more, they have more foreign, I know um, um, Standard Chartered, Standard Chartered and, and Stanbeek. Okay, example. Oh my God! So now it's, a guy has now come in. Unity. Oh, yeah. Okay, Unity Bank. All right. So one that is indigenously owned, and then one that is really foreign owned, right? So you can even argue is the chair is the chair one just a bit of a tokenistic kind of thing. So has there been progress made? Yes. Let, let's not behave as though there isn't. But it's not really anywhere near close. Secondly, sometimes it's very cosmetic. I'll give you an example. We had a driver once. And when we hired him, I made it clear. As we are sitting now, you see, this woman and me, we are hiring you. OK, no problem. Now, in reality, so if you know, if you know my movement, you know I don't have a movement, right? I stay in my house. 95% of the, the, the usage of the car is my wife. So 95% of the time, who is the driver serving? My wife. One time, he's been working with us for a while, and then the guy says, he wants to see me. He told her that he wanted to see me. What? He wants to see me. Why? Then he comes to ask me if he can have permission to, I think it was to take leave or something. What? As in, so you had to tell my, what didn't you understand there? Because in his mind, she's still Oga's wife. Even, see, madam, for all of you people, stop using madam. Tell them to call you Oga. That's when we'll know. <laughs> madam does not equate to female Oga. Madam is Oga's wife. When, they are, when there, there's, there's, there's my, you understand? So in many attitudes, Chiamada tells that story, I'm sure you've heard of it, many of you. She goes out with a friend. The, uh, 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 the dinner has been served. They're not, it's now time to pay for the dinner. She goes, she pays. It's a friend she goes out with her. She goes, she pays. When she finishes paying, the, 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 steward, uh, the waiter looks at the guy and says, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. So my point is, again, there's been some progress, but let us pump the brakes. It's not as, a lot of it is cosmetic. Internally, it is not. And many people will tell you about what they go through within the offices and all that. Many people are just doing this thing for diversity, quota, you know, accolades and all of that. But in terms of respect, it isn't there. Now, but let me start with Rookie. What is... A guy that is dating and is asking for you, for, for a lady to submit, I would say she can respond in two ways. One, um, take him to go and see her pastor so that he can be well discipled. Two, just break up with him. Just, just break up with him. Um, that guy, that guy, that guy at this point, he has, and as with many men, who we should really be calling boys, they have an inferiority complex. And they need someone to massage their ego. Because why? They are still trying to exploit this. 
What those, when I say they have an inferiority complex, they have not gotten their value here. And they need a woman to be able to let them know that I am somebody. And the guy cannot even wait to the time when you have actually crossed. He's already still trying, you should submit to me. Let me say this. Just as a guy and a girl are not meant to sleep with each other, with each other before marriage, no woman should be submitting to anybody that is not her husband. That's what the Bible said, not me. It's what the Bible said. In fact, even when you now get married, you're not just submitting to any man. You're even submitting to your own husband. How much more somebody you're not even married to? Now, dating, yes, there are certain things that you are using to prepare for the marriage. But there are certain things that is not a process. So like, what I mean by process and you're preparing, like, we are becoming better friends. That's a process. Some things are binary, right? This is why I say, when the Bible says you should not have sex before marriage, it's not that he didn't say you shouldn't should have sex. He said you should not have sexual relations. Don't say, eh, we, did it. we were just kissing now. But, but kissing is on is sexual relation. Do you understand? It is a binary thing. Today we are not married. Huh? Nothing. Today we are married. Everything. Today you are not married. There is no submission. Where are you? What do you mean where I am? Where are you? <laughs> what, what, what's that? You have to come here now. Come, who's, who, 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 where, on what? Do I answer your surname? Do I, what? You say, mm. So that one, the submission thing happens when we come here. And then the submission thing. What does that submission thing look like? We'll see, answer it in the next one, right? It is not, can it, yes, sir, you know, and all of that. Now, but on the Lord issue, darling wife, <laughs> over there, <laughs> I don't see any reason why Chidima can't call Solo Lord. You know, you, so you like that, right? My Lord, you know, it's, um, Bola, it'll be okay. Yeah, me is not here. you like it, Abby. No, you like it. She's not here, don't worry. She's not here, they're here, they're here. I wanted to... It was recorded. I wanted to catch you. Blackmail. Now, but the point, I don't remember who asked the question. Was it you, Faith? No, Marani Keje. No, it isn't. And if you, if, you, if you look at it well, because Peter is the one. You know, I read not um, that you should be shepherds over the Lord's flock. Now, the verse I didn't read today says, don't be lords over them. That's in chapter 5. So Peter is... In chapter 3, that was, he, he started talking about roles, and he was talking about different, how leadership should be. So in using Sarah as an example, right now, in terms of many things in culture, the way, um, many things that you see in the Bible, principles remain the same. The expressions of, that, of those principles are culturally located, so uh, uh, culturally uh, localized. So what she may have meant as Lord, and using that to express, or let me, no, let me, let me backtrack, because actually, some, some of these people don't actually use them as examples. The fact that the Bible gives us Abraham's story, and, um, and so it doesn't mean that we're meant to follow every single thing there. You know, like, men, it's not good, it's not good to sleep with your housemaid. You know that. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying, right? right? Even if your, your wife told you to do so. <laughs> Remember what happened? Who drove, who drove, who drove a guy away? Uh, and who drove the, the, the child away? Sarah. So learn from that one. 
But, but Peter uses the example not so much to use this Lord as an overlord, because Peter is the one that criticizes the second kind. In fact, he says, if you treat her wrongly, your prayers will not be answered. So he's not trying to, but he is specifically still saying, certain, just like Paul is saying, there is, a role, there is a role there that a woman submits, treats her husband as head and respects. Again, I will say that has to be passed well, and I'm not going to overly commit to what that is now so that we can treat that uh, thing. I'll just say this. Most of the way, most, most of the way this is practiced is wrong. It's just wrong, flat out wrong. All right? So please come back for the next one. Now, um, on the deaconship issue, on the deaconship, um, uh, so what Faith is talking about is that if you read verses 8 to 10, I think, it gives the qualification of a deacon and um, a qualification of an elder. Now, let me first say this. Some people will say, yeah, the deacon is only for men. All right? So and that's a very easy one, that both elders and deacons are, are I mean, that clears it out. I hold to the position that women can be deacons. So how do you deal with that? I would say that's why the, the, um, the slam dunk issue is not, is not the, is the main argument is not centered on the man, he's a, a husband of, of, of a wife. So it, on, it, if we didn't have some other things, what we will be able to say, if we didn't have some other information, what we're able to say is that at best, men can be both elders and deacons. At best, right? They can be both elders and deacons because it says a husband of one wife. Now you can argue that then say, but it doesn't say exclusively men. So with the elders, there are the other things. So for instance, how would you manage your household well, that is rule your household well, which is the headship of a man. And then don't forget that 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, actually starts with 1 Timothy 2 from verse 11. And that's where it says that a woman should not exercise authority over a man and all that. So when you put that together, that's why you can then make the exclusivity. Um, Faith, so let me, yeah, there are about two of your questions that yes will be. I think the issue of the social gender, uh, the, the, the social constructs, gender, so yeah, we'll, we'll treat some of those after and probably Q&A. Then there was one other one like that too. Yeah, which one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, let me take that one. So, again, sometimes the Bible is really, really careful. And I do agree that the Bible doesn't always have to say everything explicitly. There's a way you can say, look, look at what the Bible says. I can see it is in that verse. Bang, right? There are certain things like that. So that one, you are answering the question biblically or exegetically. Sometimes we answer a question theologically. That is... It's not said that thing explicitly, but however, when we put all of these things together, we have a theology, a theology of this that can make us extend it to this particular question. Do you see what I mean? Now, but I do think the Bible is particularly clear um, 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 that God is, the economization of words on this issue is very important. A man should be the head of his wife, one, head of his own. Men alone in the overall leadership in the church, yes. Beyond that, nothing else. A woman should be president. I'm looking forward to the day a woman will be governor. Do we have ever had a woman governor? 
is a travesty. We've, no, 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 we took him from her. Now that's Arab woman. Which one? Eh, for a few months. Oh, wow. You see, he's even causing confusion. We're not even sure. You know, well, this is Nigeria again. Was he say governor? It depends on how you look at it. How you look at it. But, okay, fine, fine. Let's even grant. A woman, has, a, a woman has been a governor, not for a full term. Do you know how many governors we've had in this country? None. Look at our legislative arm. Let me tell you something about legislative arm, right? There are many unqualified men that are there. But part of the reason why, and I say this with no hesitation, uh, hesitation at all, part of the reason why we have stupid laws coming out, if you put, if your, legisla your legislative arm is made up of very, 100% uh, very brilliant men, stupid laws will come out. Why? Because God has said for flourishing to come through, for flourishing to come through, you need the diversity of men and women. There are things that women, angles that women will bring that a man will never see. Just never see. So I do think in God making the head of the home, he is not then saying, because remember, he didn't just say, he didn't say man is the head of woman in total. You can say, oh, 1 Corinthians 11. Then, then go to 1 Peter 3 so that you see the specificity. Emmanuel is only head of Pelumi. He is not head of Ruki. In that regard, a woman can be the head, presidential ex executive head of a country. A woman can be a CEO. A woman, no, can, should be. And I don't think the Bible the Bible puts a limit on that, at least explicitly. Now, we talk about the outworking of it in terms of practicality. I do think if we, if we remove all those boundaries, if we remove all of them, I don't think you will come to a situation where you still have 50%, 50%. I don't think so. And it's largely because, I have to say it, men don't give birth to children. Men don't give birth to children. And because men don't give birth to children, women give birth to children, some women, once they give birth to children, are ready, getting ready, they want to go, they want to go back to work. It's possible. Some women decide they don't want to. Men don't have that conflict. Right? Men don't have that. And just by virtue of that, you just take it. If 50, if all the women that exist, if 50% said, I want to go into the, I want, after having a baby, I want to stay at home. And some say, I immediately want to go back to work. That means that, at least you probably have 75% men and 25%. You, you see what I mean? But I'm just saying, that one, leave that one to the outworking of that woman with her family and all of that. But don't go and say that based on the creation ordinance, then women should not be heads of... It is, God is not on your side. He's not. All right. Um, teaching. Huh? What? Oh, age. Ah, no, it doesn't, nothing. That is, no, it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. You can be a cougar, right? <laughs> There's no sugar mommy. It's, it's okay. The Bible has given you. Eh? You can call that me later. It's fine. It's all right. 
that wasn't the thing behind. I'm sorry. I didn't. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't. Know. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. Uh -huh. um, so. Um, so can I go to teaching one? Can uh, um, so. But but. You say it's tongue in cheek. I, I, do, I, I really don't think it's an issue. I don't, the Bible just never makes the age thing an issue. So even when sometimes, you know, I, have you seen that guy that is 63 and he gets married to a woman that is 25? Have you seen it? You know that one now. The man is, no, just normal. You see, okay, let's even say a 70-year-old man gets married to a 25-year-old woman. And what do we all say? Especially if the guy is wealthy. What do you always say? Yeah. Eh? She might because of money that, that she doesn't love him. All right? It's not true. It's not true. Some of those people, first of all, if you see how rich some of those men are, the woman really loves him. <laughs> I see, really? Some of these guys that are worth billions, what is, the woman will say, what is there not to love? What, 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 what is there? It's, oh, I should go and struggle with one 35-year-old, I mean. See, I'm serious. This man takes care of me. He does everything. I love him. So let's just, it may make us squirm, it may make us whatever, but let's not just be judgmental. Some of these people really do. Let's just, you know. Now, um, to the teaching. Okay, now, on the teaching thing, if you are ready for a little bit of a complicated answer, and I think I would end it there. Can I, did I answer, what were some of those you other? You had one, eh? Okay, so I'll take those two questions. Ah, when, when uh, I'll, 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 I will postpone that one. Let me take this other two because they're a bit more complicated and we'll end on that. So, um, oh, let me take Deborah. Yeah, Deborah was a judge, and that's what she was. There is no, the New Testament, so a lot of people do this, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's biblical, it's not, it's not very good biblical interpretation. The biblical, equi the, equi the New Testament equivalent, um, of the, of the Old Testament equivalent of the elder is not a judge. It's quite simple, right? Was Deborah a judge? Was Deborah a leader? Yes. And the way I just look at it, was Deborah a leader? Yes. Can women be leaders in a church? Yes. But that's it. Whether or not the woman can be an overall leader, uh, uh, no, that's another thing. You have to take in other things, especially when something has been clearly spoken about. Before you start making parallels, especially in biblical interpretation, you have to be able to say, is there some, can I see a place where this issue has been explicitly treated? If you have an explicit statement on a particular thing, you go with that. If you don't have an explicit statement, you want to gather as many implicit statements such that you cannot, it can't be questioned. So the New Testament parallel of Elder is not, it's not, it's not that, okay? If anything, if you're looking for a New Testament parallel of elder, but you have to be very careful with this, so it's parallel in some ways, but you have to be very careful with that, will be the king. But you just have to be very careful with it because it's not, it's not in the same way that full-blown authority. You understand what I mean? And Israel, the only queen that they had was a rebellious queen. As in she, she, she killed her, that's Atalia, right? She killed her, she, she killed all the, it was, they had to hide a, a small boy. So she was an illegitimate leader. All right. Now, um, to, can, can women teach in church over men? Mm. Now, let me say, on this issue, um, people of good faith, people who would hold to what you call complementarianism, 
that is, men should be um, um, the main leaders in the church, not only, um, they have different views on, on this. So some people would say, based on 1 Timothy 2, that a woman should not teach or exercise authority over a man would mean that women cannot preach in church. And um, that it is the gathering of, and say, how, how does that, you say, well, the gathering is what makes the authority. Because when he said, she's teaching and she's exercising authority. I say, okay, how do we know what is authoritative teaching? And then you say, it is the gathering of the people of God. All right, fine. So that's the argument. I don't hold to that argument. So mine, my view is that women can teach, women can preach, Sunday, non-Sunday, whatever. And that that does not make you an overseer. So that the, I want to make a distinction between uh, that for you to hold in that, that full-blown office of um, the overall leader, it's not just the teaching. Now, how do, I, how, how do we get to this? Slightly complicated, but let's go. 1 Timothy 2, 2 12 is there. A woman cannot teach. Read. So the first thing I always tell people is, it didn't say a woman cannot preach. So even if we want to be very pedantic, we'll say is that she can't teach, not that she can't preach. He said he, he meant preach and teaching. No, Paul can differentiate. Paul can say, I am an apostle. I was made an apostle. I was made a teacher, and I was made a preacher. There's a different word for a preacher as in 2 Timothy 1. There's a different word for preacher and different word for teacher. So if you want to use what happens on Sunday, 1 Timothy 2, if I have to be very, very pedantic, 1 Timothy 2, 11 does not apply. All right, so that's the first thing. Second thing is this. If you get to Colossians chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in the context of the gathered church, so 1 Corinthians 14 says when you gather, everyone has a hymn, someone has a hymn, someone has a teaching, someone has a this, let all things be done to order. The implication of that was not an exclusivity of gender because if you say it was an exclusivity of gender, the problem is the other three things that he mentioned, somebody has a tongue, Someone has a hymn. If you say that, then when was it, when did he divide it? Um, you know, when he, so you then say, okay, no, only, only men can speak in tongues. Only men can bring hymns. So there wasn't that. It was implied that everyone will. And then if you go to Colossians chapter 3 where it says, admonish one another, let the word of Christ be, you know, teaching one another. Again, that was implied. So in other words, there is a kind of teaching that women can do, and there is a kind of teaching that women cannot do. Let us call it... Let's say there is a big T teaching and there's a small T teaching. Because there is a kind of teaching that women cannot do. That's 1 Timothy 2. Let's not just say there's Colossians 3 and 1 Corinthians 14. Therefore, 1 Timothy 2 doesn't exist. No, it exists. 1 Timothy 2 is here. And then there's Colossians 3 and there's 1 Corinthians 14. Okay, so what then do we do? Then some would say, oh, we know what women can do, small t teaching is. If you read Titus chapter 2, it says that women, the younger women, the older women should teach the younger women. Therefore, if a woman wants to teach theology, if she wants whatever, let her, let her, let her gather other women. And so you have women Bible studies and things like that, to which I'll say, mm, bah. Follow the thing after. It says they should teach their 
the younger women how to love their husbands. It was a specific thing. It wasn't even come and have a, and sit down and have a let us let's draw let's let's take the Greek and the Hebrew. So if you want to really um, really want to uh, please your husband, the Greek of this means that they, no, no, it wasn't like that. Absolutely nothing nothing like that. It was basically you are experienced. You should do this. In that same context, Paul even tells uh, Titus about uh, treating the younger women as his sisters. So there's a specificity of what he he was saying. It wasn't that older women should teach younger women. Older women blessed with the gift of teaching and, um, and theology should only just teach younger women. It was specific. Now, obviously, if they're going to teach their, the younger women how to love their husband, it has to be theological, you know, it has to have theological foundation. But it wasn't, wasn't you know, just saying that. So I don't think that's what it's saying. Then, let me talk about this argument about it is the gathering that makes the uh, oh, so, so there's also the one of women should, um, they should, you know, Sunday, it meant Sunday school, right? Sunday school, teach the children. Why? Because um, Lois and um, Eunice, right? They taught, Eunice, they taught um, Timothy. So Sunday school teachers, you know how you that thing. Ah, we're looking for Sunday school teachers. Sister this, sister that, sister this. <laughs> That's why here in church we... It's both men and women. Why? Because the fact that he said that they were teaching, are you then saying that men should not be teaching their own sons? Deuteronomy chapter 6 clearly says that. Right? So it's not that either. So that's not small t teaching. Yes, women should teach the young, their children, but men should also teach their children as well. So it's not that. And if you then say, is the gathering, and some people, I've seen this extremely applied, where they actually say that even in Sunday schools, women should only teach the young girls, not teach the boys. Because actually, to apply this thing consistently, you start losing. You start, it starts, I think, starts getting ridiculous. So if it is the gathering, it says, okay, it is the gathering that makes it authoritative. That's what makes the teaching authoritative. Say, eh. So what does that mean? It means that when I am preaching to you on Sunday, I'm exercising an authority. You must listen. That means when I'm saying it to you, you must listen. Why? Because I'm speaking on the word of God in the gathering of the people of God. You must listen to it. Okay? To it, I then say, if Funke is teaching city kids, or Funke writes a book, and she's explaining certain things from the Bible, should I, I should obey it. Should I not obey it? If, if you think it's true, should I obey it? Right? If Funke is teaching something from the Bible, and what she's teaching is true, should I obey it? Yes. Huh? Yes. So is she exercising authority over me? <laughs> she's not. But I'm exercising authority over you when I'm preaching on a Sunday. Because of this wonderful... So let's say I took what Funke was, wrote in the, in the book, and then I came on Sunday and I said it. Is that authoritative? Why? Because the gathering made it. Yeah. 
Stop, hold on. Okay, sorry, hold on, hold on. Let's hear this. Yep. And there's some authority that goes with, you know, taking the pulpit. There's some authority that goes with. As opposed with. to, say, we even came to your house. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So Tedo is not a pastor here. Okay. And Tedo is giving, but we give Tedo on Sunday, Tedo comes to preach. Is Tedo exercising authority? Yes, he is. So it's the pulpit that makes it. S somewhat, yes. It's no. like it's. It's like the church is validating that authority. Okay. Like, I, get, I get it. And then I'll ask the next thing is chapter and verse. That is the concept that the authority is vested in the gathering. Is it gathering on Sunday? <laughs> well, no, not, not Sunday. Any, any day, anything that... so. Any day it, that it, we it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean the physical pulpit. Okay, I know, I know. The standing it's, to teach. And yes, with, the, with us knowing that, okay, as he's standing there, he's standing as a, you know, um, an officer of the church. No, but I said Tedo is not an officer of the I church. I know, I know he's not, but like So when, the standing and the gathering, in some sense, that's where the office yes, is. Yes. So way. it's possible that the office, so the office is not really put on a person. The office is this abstract thing that someone can come in and go out of, in some sense. That, right? In some sense. So, in some sense, okay, if Tedo yep. comes there, he can't just, I assume that whatever he, he's preaching mm -hmm. is going to be like the churches. Um, ah, so in that sense, it's, it is derivative. Yes, it's derivative, so it's not ah, delegated. Or, derivative, derivative. Or like he won't just get there. He won't just stand there and... Yes, 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 yes. Let's, we'll come back to that word. Okay. Now, let me say this. So that, 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 that is, is held by some people. I can't find any evidence of this. Why? Now, some people say, what happens on a Sunday? Now, you have not said that. But the preaching in most people is done on the Sunday. Now, to which I would then say, actually, when the early church gathered, there was no such thing as they only gathered on Sunday. Preaching was done in many different times. So are we saying then that when we gather at small meetings, it's not authority? Let me tell you the truth. Here's the point. The authority does not lie in the person that is doing it. The authority lies in the word. That is actually where, that's why I can read a book by a woman. That's why I can listen to a woman, because I'm not submitting to her I'm submitting to the truth of the word. All right? That's what gives, whether it's me, whether, don't listen to me, right? I don't have, even an elder, we have no authority to be able to bind your conscience to. Because if you listen to me, what if I misinterpret the word? Is that an authority to submit to? No. You can't just say that you submit to the office, even if the church has given that person. Because ultimately, you will still be submitting to them in a derivative sense as they stay under the truth of God's word. In that regard, in that regard, hold on, the authority of the word can be exercised by anyone. If it is true, you should submit to that. And because of that, I would say that that's not what 1 Timothy 2 is talking about. Because 1 Timothy 2 is clearly saying 
that there is an exercise of authority that is given to one gender is not given to the other. Whereas if the preaching or the teaching of God's word gives an authority that is, that is irrespective of gender, age, or whatever, that can be the 1 Timothy 2 thing. Let me tell you what I think the 1 Timothy 2 thing is saying. And it comes back to this word. Because there's going to be another teaching. Here, when it says admonish one another in the word, I expect that if I admonish you or if Temisan admonishes a coyote in the word, coyote has to submit to it. He's not submitting to Temisan, he's submitting to the word, the truth of the word. So it's not talking about that. Here's what I think it's talking about. That big T teaching seems to be connected to the office of the elder. Because 1 Timothy 2 goes into 1 Timothy 3. Right? So the exercise of the authority is the, an exercise not of the word for 1 Timothy 2. It's an exercise of the office. The office of the elder. It's an exercise of that. And the exercise of that authority of the, of the elder, since it's talking about a particular teaching... It cannot be the communication of teaching. So what I think it is, is that in the context of the church, it is only the elders that define where that church sits and stands doctrinally. It is the elders that are going to say, this church, this is what we believe on baptism. This is what we believe on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is what we believe when it comes to women and government. This is what we believe in the infallibility of the scriptures. Therefore, if you are now going to teach and preach here, you have to teach and preach here under the word of God, but also under the office of the eldership. So yes, when Tedo is going to come and teach here, I'm going to sit Tedo down and say, you know some of those funny views you have. You're not going to say it here. In that regard, not only is he going to submit under the authority of the word, he has to submit under the authority of the leadership. And so what he's submitting under is the defined doctrine of this particular church. And in that regard, if that is defined, that is open only to the leaders of the church that will be men. If that is defined, whether it is Tedo as a man or it is a woman, they can teach under that authority. And I think once you do that, it settles the issue here for me, for Colossians 3 and 1 Corinthians 14. That is, women are teaching. They have the gift of teaching. And they're expressing that. But in the context of the church, the overseers are also, they oversee not just in the decisions of what do we buy, what do we, but also they oversee in sense of here is also what we believe. And a woman that then defines that and says, no, this church is in that she'll be exercising an authority that is not given to her. And that is the same thing that you get in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 when it comes to the wane of prophecy, when it says women should be silent. It's again, the authoritative wane of the prophecy is given to the elders, even though everybody is meant to judge. You judge personally, just like if I'm preaching and I'm teaching today. All of you are judging, aren't you? Right? You're judging. But your judging does not stop me from teaching what I'm going to teach. I'll still teach it. Now, if Yemi and Francis, who are on their way to being elders, say, Femi, you can't teach today because we still have certain things in your life that I want to sit down. You see what I mean? So that's how I look at it. Now, again, I said within the complementarianism circle, people are different. But I just tend to think freedom, as long as the Bible hasn't said don't, I'm not going to stop. So I'll err on the side of more rather than the side of less. Yeah.
All right. Thank you all, and uh, hopefully we'll see each other on, I think the next theology day for this is 25th, 23rd something of May, I think 23rd of May. All right. God bless you all.